Welcome to the Ambitious Coach Podcast. This is a place where driven, determined coaches learn how to get off the business growth struggle bus and learn how to build a wildly profitable online coaching business. I'm your host, Allison Henderson, corporate dropout to six-figure social media business coach. I'm going to show you how I've been able to create the business of my dreams organically all through utilizing my social media platforms. So pull up a seat, take some notes, and get ready to see your life in bank account transform. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I interview Aisha Amutula. She is the founder and director of Universal Coach Institute. This was actually the life coaching certification program I decided to go through many years ago when I made that decision to get into life coaching. Her program was great, and she continues to ask me to come into her community of coaches to do presentations around sales and marketing. She is the best. So I wanted to have her on my podcast because she has been doing this for over 10 years, and she has just so much knowledge and experience on just how to be an excellent coach. In this episode, we dive into how to become a better coach. What do you do when you just aren't vibing with your client? How do you handle when your client just isn't getting their results? What do you do if you don't actually want to have a coaching business? And what are those successful coaches doing differently than the coach who's really struggling right now? There is so much greatness in this episode. I'm so excited for you to listen. But before we get started, I want to share with you who is Aisha Amutula. So once again, she is the director and founder of Universal Coach Institute. She is a certified coach trainer, life coach, and transformational coach. She approaches coaching using solution-focused positive psychology, neuroscience, NLP, which is neuro pro-linguistic programming techniques. Aisha has earned the title of the coach's coach as she has had the hand in developing some of the greatest names in the coaching industry. She helps coaches to establish themselves as experts, build a profitable and sustainable coaching business, create coaching products, programs, conduct speaking events, and learn how to leverage multiple streams of income within their business. Aisha has built a successful full-time online coaching business and uses her experience to help other coaches do the same. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this. Thank you so much for tuning in. And here is your new episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a very special guest today. I have on Aisha. She was one of my mentors, or it was the mentor inside the Universal Coach Institute, which was a certification program I took many moons ago to become a life coach. So I wanted to have her on today. So welcome, Aisha. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. So I'd love for you? you to share. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I'd love for you to share with the audience. Who are you and what are you all about? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I am a, and I apologize in advance. I am I have a little cold going on in my throat right now, but I am a, um, I'm a coach trainer, um, meaning I train and certify coaches. So life coaches, business coaches, transformational coaches, and relationship coaches. Um, I've been doing this now. It's been over 10 years. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, I own Universal Coach Institute. And so, yeah, I'm a, I consider myself to be a coach trainer and a mentor. So um, I'm also a life and business coach as well. Very nice. 
And I wanted to have you on today very specifically because I know a lot of people uh, who are listening to this podcast are relatively new to this coaching world or they have been doing this for a while, but are still like, I just want to be a really good coach. Mm -hmm. And there's sometimes this fear of like, I don't even want to get clients because what if I can't help them or what if I don't get them the results they're looking for? And I know this is kind of like your zone of genius where you help people become really good coaches. So how can somebody learn more about becoming a good coach? How could they learn more about becoming a good coach? Oh, that's a great question. How to learn more. I think that um, when it comes to learning more, right, about becoming a good coach, you first have to understand, like, what is a good coach and what does that really mean to you, right? So mostly w when you talk about becoming a good coach, we talk about actually getting people results, right? Getting our clients results. So um, when in that aspect, I just think that it's going to come from training, right? You can definitely read books. There's a lot of like coaching books and stuff like that that are out there. Um, but more importantly, I think that learning how to become a good coach is going to come with training and practice. Like some people are just naturally good at it, right? Um, especially depending on what their definition of a coach is, because some people think that coaching is, you know, someone coming to them, telling them their issues and then as the coach, you telling them exactly what to do and how to move forward. And that's not coaching, right? But if you're really good at helping that person, some people are really good at helping people without giving them advice. So they're just naturally good at it. But if you're not naturally good at that and you um, want to learn how to coach others, I always say just practice, like learning, training. So listening, empathy, questions, even silence at times, right? Learning transformation, things like that. Um, and then practice as you go. Yeah, I agree with you. I think a lot comes with just experience. You get better and better over time. Like I know my mm -hmm. first coaching call was, I was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. Like, like I want to make sure I'm saying the right things. And just it, obviously now I've been doing this for, uh, you know, almost five years and it just, you get better, you get better with experience. So thank you for saying that. And uh, and I want everybody to know too, like, I, I wasn't naturally a great coach at the beginning. Like, um, I think uh, people think, it's like, oh, you went into this because you're just you're you were already good. And it's like you don't have to start that way. If it's just you're feeling called to become a coach, or you just know that like there's something inside you that really wants to help people, like this is this is something that you could really do. And um, like kind of like as you mentioned, just like it takes practice and it takes time to to just learn this as a skill. So I would love for you to tell me a bit too, like. The ones, I mean, obviously you've been doing this for 10 years and you're a business coach. So what are the ones that are the ones that are like booked out? Like the coaches who are super booked out, like you're making a ton of money. Like what are they doing differently than the ones that are still struggling? Results. <laughs> results. Um, so a lot of times, okay, results and consistency. Let me say that. Uh, a lot of times, and 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 I'm sorry, one more thing, Allison. When you say booked out, like so there's a difference, right? There's people who are booked out because they do really great marketing, right? And then there's people who are booked out because, you know, they just really good at coaching. But even with both of those, it all comes down to results. 
when my students are able or just coaches, I'm not just saying my students, but when coaches in general, right, are able to get their clients results and showcase those results, those are the ones who are normally booked out, right? So, and when I say results, meaning in whatever area you're helping someone in, when you're able to get them results and you're able to showcase those results and even your own results, right? That's how a lot of coaches start out is by showcasing their own results. Those are the people who are booked. Those are the coaches who are booked out. I feel you really hard on that. It's so true. And I always tell people like when you smash being really good, a really, really good at marketing and then also being a really good coach, like that's when like your business blows up and, mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, you really start making that money and consistently making that money. Um, I'd love for you to tell me, because I know that we talked about this a little bit. Um, I did a presentation for Aisha's group yesterday for um, the Universal Coach Institute, and she said that she helps people start or helps people who don't want to have their own business find employment as a life coach or just as a coach. I'd love for you to tell me a bit more about how you do that. Oh, yes. So, okay. So I don't specifically help them, (laughs) but uh, what we doing, right? We have this uh, new podcast series. It's just a series, a short series uh, called From Certification to Employment. And what we doing, what we're doing is that we are like talking to and interviewing other coaches who actually are not, they don't have their own business, but they work right with as a coach um so a lot of people when they come into coaching they normally they come into coaching to start their own business but uh, i'm we've been getting a lot of coaches who they want to um work for someone and sometimes that can just be because the business part of it maybe is just not something that they want to do right now you know they might have some type of difficulty in it but they love coaching and so they still want to utilize the skills of coaching so there's a lot of different um careers out there that coaches can do now there's not always a lot of life life coaching jobs out there but other jobs out there such as like a student success coach an executive coach um even like health coaches an agile coach right there's like so so there's different types of coaches out there that get hired and, and coaches don't realize this so we're interviewing people who are in these different position positions to learn more about those positions what are the job responsibilities at the education requirements and then um just putting that information out there. And then also if those people have offered like mentor programs or something like that to help them within those areas, uh, those people that we interviewed, then, you know, they will be able to also help, you know, the people who are listening who would like to get that specific job as a coach. Are you finding it like more and more that you're doing this, that a lot of people are not wanting to be business owners when they get certified as a coach? So, no, I think that um, most people want to become business owners think that they struggle uh, with the marketing piece. Mm. So they struggle with the marketing piece. And so normally what will happen is that they're like, okay, again, like I love coaching, right? But this, like I'm not getting the clients, you know, that I want. I'm not getting, it's not being, I'm not able to supplement my income, but I love coaching. So what else can I do? How else can I utilize this training, this skill, this certification? So tell me more about this though, because I mean, I help a lot of people with the marketing and the sales. Like I help them actually get clients. Like 
in my mind, it's it's easy. Like, cause because I've been doing this for a long time, this is how my brain works. But for that person who's just starting out and they're so scared to put themselves out there and have their own business. Like I feel like there's so many benefits of having my own business, right? Like I'm able to stay home with my family. I can literally work from anywhere. My husband's now pretty much a stay-at-home dad. Like there's a lot of great things that have come out of me having my own business. So when people are like, oh, I have this fear of like, you know, putting my face on the internet, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. coming on social media, I'm just talking about my offers. I'm always just like, like think of like, there's so much more to gain than lose that, you know, and you're helping, obviously you're helping people. And I know that's always a part of like what I do too. Like I'm here to serve, I'm here to help and transform people's lives. And like when people are so hung up on the marketing piece, like how do you help them through that? Mm. (laughs) That is a good question. So I actually, when I first started, like we didn't have social media as it is today, right? Like, so when I first started, I did not put myself out there in that way. Like my picture was never out there. We didn't have to have videos, you know? So, um, and then I think even if we did, I probably would have been that, that coach. That's like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't sign me up for social media marketing. No, (laughs) You know? And so, um, and and because there were people who were doing it, you know, putting videos and images out there, but, um, with me, I first I'm just gonna say with myself, it just it took it just took time. It took like confidence, right? So you have to put yourself out there because that's what the internet is. The internet is content. People consume content, right? <laughs> whether it's reading a blog post, whether it is watching a video, listening to a podcast, um, looking at a social media post or a reel or, you know, whatever it is, the internet is nothing but content. So the first thing is, is that I always explain that to, you know, coaches, like, if you want to market online, you have to put content out there or nobody's going to find you. Can I just put up a website and think that people are going to find you? That's not going to happen. But then number two is I always tell them to start with what they are most comfortable with because it does not matter what type of content you do. It really does not. And the reason why I say that is because everybody, like you can find a coach teach about any type of content and how they succeeded and how others are succeeding doing it. So you have to choose and do what's comfortable for you. So for me, even when I started, I chose blogging and now I still do blogging. Like that is my main source of marketing. Then people on social media, they might frown at it like blogging. Well, yeah, blogging right now. Blogging is not your world, but there are, thousands, millions of other people out there who read blogs, right? So that is what is comfortable for me. That was what was comfortable for me. And that's what worked. Now, when I say comfortable, I'm not just saying, oh, because you don't want to show your face because you can say you want to be a blogger, but if you don't like to write, then that's not going to work for you either. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, So, so when I say comfortable, I mean, not just comfortable, but also easy for you and something that's easy for you to be consistent with being, if you're able to do it daily, not saying you should have to, because there's tactics around marketing, like, like how you can throw, do content. But I always say, if it's easy for you to do something daily, you know, uh, come up with stuff daily and do things daily, and it's not a struggle for you, then 
you know, maybe that's the thing that you should do. And so let me just say one more thing. Even with that, I normally I tell people like, like, let's just say you 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 like to blog and you don't really like to be on social media. Well, write a blog post and you can like, you know, t- pieces of that blog post and turn it into social media post, mm-hmm. right? Or you can read it, you know, read it and record an audio of it or whatever, right? And turn it into uh, a reel or a video or something like that, right? So there's ways to repurpose your content, no matter, almost no matter which way you choose. So that's yeah. normally what I tell people. <laughs> now it's like all these different apps, like you can literally put in like a blog transcription, like copy mm. and paste it and like it'll pu- like push out quotes and like, yeah, you can actually have somebody read it for you and you don't even have to be the one that reads it. Like there's so many opportunities now that like we probably didn't have what five years ago or 10 years ago. Like there's so much stuff coming out because I, and I'm, I'm somebody, I really do feel like video is really highly converting. It is for me at least. Mm-hmm. And I am just like, whatever you can do to throw it on a TikTok video or a reel, uh, your stories, people are like pretty visual these days. And I do read blog posts. I'm not going to say I don't. Um, but yeah, it's just like a, if you love writing, write the blog post. but then yeah, there's so many, so many resources out there and tools that can help you create those social media posts that you just really don't want to do, you know? Yeah. um, Yeah. So I'd love for you too, if you can tell me like, obviously blogging is one thing that I don't really teach much in my program because I'm I'm pretty much all about social media stuff, but like, what are some other ways people are marketing themselves these days that you just are see are working really well? Other than than social media, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Okay. So Honestly, I'm gonna say word of mouth is all is the biggest uh, is the biggest. So Best just form offline. of advertising, right? Yes. Word of mouth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it really is. A lot of my coaches who are um, who really who are doing good in their business mm-hmm. are doing good because of word of mouth. They don't have a big social media following. Mm-hmm. They don't really use social media for their business as much. Um, so it's like word of mouth. And again, I'm going to say this again, results. So, and it's something that we spoke about in the very beginning, like what makes a great coach, like what makes someone a good coach. It's really um, that being able to help your clients make a transformation, which normally starts with the mindset, right? So when you can help your clients there, you can help your clients get results, right? And then when you help your clients get results, they begin talking. So not even so much that you have to showcase those results. Your clients are already showcasing their results. And then people are asking them like, well, what did you do? Like, how did, you know, um, you know, you you just, you look so much better these days. You have so much more confidence these days. Like what's going on with you? You know, and then a lot of people share how that happened. I'm working with a coach, you know, and stuff like that. And then people will want to know more. So it becomes word of mouth. And those are the people who are most consistent word of mouth. And they're able to get their clients results. Yeah. I always say like, your first 50 clients are going to be like your fans, like your brand ambassadors, the ones that are going to be like, oh, my God, you have to hire this person. And like, mm. just get your first 50 clients. And then like, oh, if you have 100 clients, like imagine the ripple effect that happens when you really help people and you do get them those results. Um, I love for you, though, like for the person, because I've had to, I've had to do some mindset work around this. of like, what if I don't get them the results? Like, what if they come through my coaching, you know, maybe it's a, a month program, two month program or a year program and like they're still not where they want to be. Like, 
I know that there's so much like internal, like we blame ourselves as coaches. Mm-hmm. Like, what did I do wrong? I'd love for you to kind of say, like, what would you say to that person right now who's like, okay, I had a client and like they didn't do the work, they didn't stay consistent, they didn't like, you know, we can always blame ourselves, but like, you know, I, I always say, like, look at the look, look at the res- um, look at the person, like, what was happening in their life, what was happening in their everyday world, like, why didn't they get the results? But I'd love for you just to kind of say, like, I kind of go into a little bit of why do you feel that happens? That is a really great question. So I guess I'm saying, you know, get your clients results. And honestly, I should not be saying it in that way. I should probably be saying, <clears throat> um, coaching your clients for them to get themselves results. <laughs> because that's really what it is, right? It's you specifically cannot get someone else results, right? The person is the one who has to actually do the work in order to get the results. And so it's a lot of what you just said, right? If and I and I do have that where I would have coaches come to me and say, you know, they've been working with this person and they're not getting results. And then I would do exactly what you just said, have them look at, okay, well, what is the pattern, you know, that is going on with that specific client? Meaning, are they being consistent? Are they doing the work? What else is going on in their lives, right? Because a lot of times when someone is not getting results, it's because of them. It's not, it has almost nothing to do with the coach themselves. It always has to do with that person and what's going on with that person. Um, number one, we need to check and make sure that as a coach, we are not telling them what to do and how to do it, telling them the exact steps they should take, telling them every corner they should turn. So if you're not doing that and you are genuinely listening to your client, following up and asking questions, right, based on what they're telling you and um, being able to lead them through their own wisdom, through what's already inside of them, then you're doing your job. Now it's up to them to do their job. And that is to actually do the work. Now, some people may have different things going on in their lives. So one thing I tell you, I always tell coaches is this, let's start with small successes. Instead of trying to get the client one big, huge result, let's do small successes. This almost always works. Where, Let's say you're meeting with your client every week. So every week you have, you take one small st- action step and every week, if they can come back with one, you know, action step that they've reached and those pile up, they, you cannot say, and they cannot say they are not getting results, right? It's, it may be just that it's going to take them a little longer to actually get there and get those results, but they are making progress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, there are some people <laughs> who Literally, even if you do that, they're not getting results. My first client, my very, very first client. I, oh, had I love hearing with. these stories. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but when it came to what I found that like I met with this client, I'm going to say about six weeks before I had to finally cut it off because every week they would come back. She would come back and got nothing done. It was a bunch of excuses after excuses after excuses. But that's because I was new at coaching. So I didn't really get into the conversation the way I should have. But when I started really digging and when I say digging, meaning practicing my coaching more with her, 
using my questioning skills, using my listening, like really listening is important. That's a key characteristic and not just listening, but like listening to what they're saying and what they're not saying. Right. Mm -hmm. That's key. Listening Um, to what they're saying and what they're not saying. Exactly. Right. So and then listening from a place of curiosity and listening for solutions, for counters, for for the the things that are there that can help that person, not listening so that you can respond, not listening just so you can ask a question. So when I really started listening to the person, I realized, oh, this person, there's a, a problem here that this person is having. And so I would ask more questions. And then it came out that this person had suffered from like, I think like a personality disorder. It was several of them, several different disorders that they did not come out and share in the very beginning. So a lot of times um, when this is happening, either like when someone is like not getting results on a week to week basis, this person may have some other underlying issues that need to be resolved before they can be coached. And so you need to know that as a coach. (laughs) So, so you need to find out those underlying issues first. Um, and, and, and yeah, go from there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say like, how did you handle that though? Like kind of breaking up with this client? Yeah. Cause I was not ready. Like nowadays I teach coaches that you can, um, you can still work with people who have underlying issues as long as they are seeking the, that outside help that they need. Right. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, it can be a, th- a therapist, a psychiatrist, it could be a doctor, whatever it, whatever the help is they need. As long as they're doing that, you can still do that. I was not ready. So, um, and, and that person was seeking help, but I don't even think she was still there ready for coaching. But, um, I just told her, I said, Oh, you know, I, I, I'm going to tell you that I, am not equipped. I just told her I wasn't equipped <laughs> to help her, right? Uh with her specific situation and that she would need to um I would I would recommend, right, based on her situation that she sees us um that she gets the help that she needs first from, you know, a therapist or at that person with a psychiatrist who she was seeing, but I had to let her know that I personally am not equipped. This is not the area that I deal with. And that's just basically how I put it. Um, And, but at that time, again, I was less, I didn't have as much experience as I have now where, uh, whereas I could have maybe, um, referred her to like other people or or other coaches or maybe even coach that person myself um still as long as they were seeking that help but at that time I was experienced and I just told them I wasn't equipped (laughs) to deal with it and that I you know I recommend that they continue to go to their psychiatrist I love that yeah I I think that's really hard when you're like I'm having a hard client like I feel like it's hard and I would love your perspective on this too when it's just like sometimes this it's not even like maybe they even have issues or your personalities just clash. Like, what mm. would you suggest? Like, I had a coach once that just says, you don't have to like your client. Like, and I was like, really? Like, <laughs> is that true? But like, energetically, it's like, I didn't want to, sh- there was a few clients where it's like, oh, I just, I hate showing up for the calls. Like, I just, dra- it just completely drained my energy. Mm. I love your perspective on that of like, do I have to like this client? <laughs> and like, what do I do if I really am just like drained after every call? 
I disagree with that comment, but, and this is all opinion. This is not mm-hmm. facts. Okay. This is all opinion. I disagree. If someone drains me, I can't coach them. <laughs> I can't do it. I just, I cannot. Um, so I don't have any like real advice around that because I disagree. If someone literally now, sometimes because there's a difference between does the person drain you or does the problem that they're having drain you? Like oh, the, great the area, yeah. yeah, the area that that you're coaching them around, does that drain you? Um, and in both situations, well, no. So if a person drains me specifically, I cannot coach that person. It's just it can't happen. If the problem itself or whatever I am coaching them around is draining, this is where I can go more into coach mode by detaching myself from the issue itself and really just using my list. Because a lot of times when the issue is draining the person, it may be um, that you're stressing yourself out on behalf of the person right because you you may be feeling their energy or whatever like that so it might be draining you it can be that this person has been dealing with this issue for a long time it could be many different things right so just really detaching yourself from the issue itself and putting on that that coach mode really like really stepping out of being a mentor and really just stepping into being a coach and just asking those questions and just and detaching yourself but if it's the person i Mm-mm. If after like if I notice that maybe the third time I'm coaching them and it's the person, I will have to let the person know that this relationship is not working out. And nine times out of ten, they feel the same way as, as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I feel you on that. Oh, I feel like there's so many more questions I want to ask about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the reason being is because I do think a lot of people like. Because when you first start, you're like, I just need the money or I want the money. I want to help people. I want to feel like I have a business. And so they take on all these clients that they actually just really aren't enjoying. And like, and then I think they second guess the business. Like, am I good at this? Should I be doing this? Like, it's really draining my energy. And I'm always just like, maybe these just aren't ideal clients, right? These aren't the dream clients that you actually want. Um, and I don't actually recommend like taking any clients, like all, you know, any, all the clients at once or, you know, just because you need the money. I'm like, I really want you having good energy when you show up on those coaching calls. Um, and something you said earlier, um, and one of my coaches said this to me, and I'm like, oh, this makes complete sense of like when someone's having a really bad day or they're really stressed out, like knowing that like, hey, maybe they're like kind of drowning in the pool. Like you can you don't have to jump in to save them. Right. You just need a hand. You need like, hey, I have the tools to pull you out but I don't need to jump in and be in it with you, if that makes sense. So I think Absolutely. so many, so many times we think we have to jump in to save them. And it's like, you don't, you just have, you have the tools, you have the resources that are going to help them. Um, so it's like detaching yourself from like that negative energy that they have, I think is really important. And then also not blaming yourself. Like, I don't know how many times as a coach, I'm like, is this my fault that they're still like having really bad days or have, you know, like they're not where they want to be yet. And I'm like, it's, I always say it's just it's not my fault, like because I don't know what's happening in their everyday life or everyday world or like psychology, you know, the the psychological aspect of really what's going on too. Um, you know, I can help them to the best of my ability, right? Um, am I equipped to really help them? And if it's yes, and then great, keep coaching them. But like I said, I I the energy sometimes like is this 
energetically a good fit. And so kind of going back to like, is this an actual ideal client? And if it's not, it's like totally fine to sit there and say, this just isn't working out for the two of us. And that's a good point you just made about the ideal client situation, because that's really what it is. If And so that's the other thing. If you find like you have a client that is not like you, you don't like working with this person, then I need you to sit down and write down. Number one, you should always have a, a little avatar or something of what your ideal client is. Right. And then this way now, what you can do is you can look at that specific person and say, well, what is it about that person that does not meet, you know, my ideal client or what are some of the things with that specific person that or that's either the person or their situation or whatever it is, right, that you don't like and you don't want to include, right, as your ideal client. And then look at the people who you love working with. And let's pull the things out that you love about working with them. Who are they? Right. And put that into your ideal clients list. So, yeah, I think the ideal client piece is is really big if you're working with somebody who you do not like to work with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, Aisha, for coming on. I, I, I know your expertise. Like you have so much knowledge and helping people and just being a really good coach. So I'll definitely have to have you on again. I'd love for everybody to to connect with you. Like, tell people like what's the best place to like hang out with you. <laughs> That's so funny because I don't do so <laughs> <laughs> no social media for I. You we have a Facebook group, but it's for your alumni. I know that. Yeah. Don't do social media, guys. I'm sorry, but you can't go to universalcoachinstitute.com. <laughs> That's the website. I do have a YouTube channel, um, but uh, and, and we're restarting it. There's still videos on there. Um, so we're restarting that channel, but I'm not on social media. So I apologize about that. Yeah. So universalcoachinstitute.com, you can go there and um uh, I do. We do have a Facebook page. Universal Coach Institute has a Facebook page, and at Universal Coach Institute has an Instagram page. So perfect. And uh, you said you did start a podcast, or you are starting a podcast? So we're starting it. Like we're in the middle of the interviews now, and that right. will be on YouTube as well. That will be on YouTube and then on other podcasting platforms. Perfect. Well, I'll have to have people search for that. Any last words of wisdom? Last words of wisdom. Um, I'm gonna see. I'm just gonna say, in order to be like, if if coaching is what you really and truly love to do, right? I want you to really just learn the craft of coaching. <clears throat> learn the craft of coaching, and when I say that, meaning, don't just come into coaching thinking that you know, you want to give all the steps, the tools, the advice to someone really learn the, the craft of coaching. And you can do that with your everyday in your everyday life, with your friends, with your family and things like that. Meaning in conversation, learn how to have conversations with people and, and just listen and listen from a place of curiosity, listen from a place of that person has all the resources, right? So, so listen, there's different ways that you can listen listen to people you can listen to them from they are the problem they are a part of the problem or they have the solution listen from a place of they have the solution and 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 have questions learn to not talk a lot when in 
conversations with people. And then you can see how much from there that you're really able to help them. And then also be consistent. Do what you love to do when it comes to coaching. Know that there's no one road for everyone. And so whichever road you choose, just be consistent. And that's all. Oh, beautiful. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And thank you just so much for your wisdom today. I appreciate you. Thank you, Allison. Yeah. Well, thank you guys all. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you all so much for listening. And I'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Ambitious Coach Podcast today. A couple favors before you go. If you found this episode helpful, please take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Most importantly, don't forget to tag me at Allison Henderson underscore coach. That's A-L-L-I-S-O-N Henderson underscore coach. And lastly, please take a minute to rate this episode and leave a raving review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to listen. Okay, ambition is great, but it's time to get to work. Take action and commit to being 1% better every day. Once again, thank you for tuning in and I will see you again next week.